This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Bernstein at Homes, middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Now, there's, there's a couple of interesting destinations for DeRozan. The Lakers are an interesting destination. The problem with the Lakers is that you're looking at the 27 pick and the 29 pick. I don't know that does a lot for the Bulls. We're still just started 2023. You know what I mean? So, like, those picks are way off in the future. The other team I think is very interesting for DeRozan is the Dallas Mavericks, who happen to have, for, except for one pick they've conveyed to the Knicks, have all, which is protected, they have all their other picks. And they could be a team with a young player like a Josh Green and load a pick package to be able to bring to, to put something meaningful up for DeRozan, who would be a wonderful compliment to Luka. A lot of names out there. This is the time of our, the NBA season when there are all sorts of discussions being had and, and contract clocks being looked at and who might leave for nothing and who might not, who's where, who wants Victor Wembanyama, etc. And I'm just, I, I want him. Yeah, I'm being just to- totally straight up here. I am flummoxed about the Bulls' present and future. I, I like th- that word. There, there's, there's no good answers, and we've talked about it I don't know how many times in how many different ways on the Organizations Win Championships podcast, which you really should check out on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts, but trying to look at some of the, the micro with these games that go on and the performance of the players, and then we keep thinking, where where is it going? How are they going to get there? And as long as AK refuses to articulate these things, as long as we don't He's not going to stand and say, here's where we are. Here's how we're going to get to where we want to be. He won't do it. He's invisible. He, he's, he won't sit in front of reporters and, and face some of these questions. And it, it just leaves us floating here. We're adrift. And maybe we just got to wait for some moves to make his shoes start to drop. But I, this is the team that I follow damn closely. And I, 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 I got no answers for you. I don't. I wish I did, but and I could make them up. I could make up. I said, well, you can, you know, move this guy and move that guy and trade this for this and hope you get this pick. But it, it doesn't get us anywhere. I'm still stuck with what is the objective? Like, what is what is the how do they see themselves inside of the 2022-2023 season? Now, I feel like that they saw themselves as a legit playoff team that didn't have to worry about the play-in. And honestly, that that was probably a bad assessment. Now they're still fighting. We're halfway, more than halfway through the season, and they're still fighting to not be the 11th seed in the Eastern Conference. The truth is, they are what they were in the second half of last year. That's what this right. team is. Right. It is. Like, it's if, not if, in the first half. It wasn't. It wasn't the, the the Lonzo Ball frothy first half. This this is the same team as they were in the second half of last year relative to teams that have gotten better. Dan, how would you characterize who the Bull how who this Bulls team is with Lonzo versus who they are when he's not there? Well, and and I'm, and I'm breaking my rule here, but I I know. I like I I just want to know like how how valuable you think he is and whether it's fair for the Bulls to look at the the team through the lens of that value. Those are two different questions because he's immensely valuable to the Bulls because of what they do and how they do it. 
and his if you swap out what you're getting from Io for Lonzo it's it's night and day the the, the, the there's a chasm between the quality of those players on both ends of the floor and and especially open court and what Lonzo does is a 44% corner three-point shooter and the, the 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 chunk of easy offense that's been removed the way it affects everyone else's minutes what it does to on-ball defense in a screen roll defense which has been the the bane of this team's existence but knowing that and looking at the reality of his situation you've got to plan for not having him. You can't let the possibility of him coming back define anything you do right now because it's weird. And I and we have doctors don't seem to know, he doesn't seem to know. There's this kind of vague optimism about his return that he's saying, but if he if if he can't walk around comfortably, if he can't run and cut and stop and jump, if he can't play basketball, you you can't worry about what your team might look like with him. It's pie in the sky and it's bad business. But ideally, though, aren't they looking at this team considering the contract that they gave to Demar? We're now halfway through, right? We're halfway through the Demar deal. Are, shouldn't this team be trending upward? Because your timeline was well, we're gonna we're gonna max Levine. We're gonna give this three year deal to Demar. They should be moving in an upward trajectory. Like we 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 spent this money on Caruso as well, and you're sitting here with a team below five hundred who's fighting to get into the play in. Like I I keep wondering if the Bulls as a strategy are sticking with their strategy instead of being um, informed by what's actually happening instead of the best laid plan. And the problem is there's all kinds of names that you start seeing. Sham Sharania reported that the Wizards would be interested in listening to deals for Rui Hachimura, who I like because they think that they've got to pick either Hachimura or Denny Avdia at this point. Jacob Pertle might be available. John Collins. And I have absolutely no idea where the Bulls can fit in some of these things. There's speculation that the Raptors with their glut of, of players and and some of their redundant pieces would be moving some talent around. And if, if, in fact, they wanted to try to tank at this point because they're, they're one of the, the underachieving teams. But, and I just, I continue to shrug. I, sh- until I hear from the people leading the basketball side of this organization, it's hard to have an opinion on who's going to fit where. What are you trying to win and when are you trying to win it? Okay, well then forget about the future. I want you to look at the roster as it's it's currently uh, constructed. And you tell me, what is the ceiling for that? For this roster to play at its absolute best. For them, yep. for them to to defend like they need to defend and for for them to hit shots and share the ball and and have everybody comfortable. What's their record right now? What are they? The twenty and twenty-four. Where are they? Is yep. it, I think this is a, at best a five hundred team. Well, well, then doesn't like that guide your hand, right? Like, 
You would hope that Mark Eversley and, and Arturis Karnaschovas are, are looking at it and saying, yeah, we're probably about a 500 team as currently constituted. And I don't know if you're them, to me, you can't have high expectations for the return. Maybe I'm just a pessimist, but you can't have high expectations for Lonzo Ball. You can't. I have no expectations for Lonzo. He's, he's, I, he doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. I, as far as we're concerned, but I'm saying them. Like, they've invested in him, and I don't think that they can I, – I don't think they're being fair to themselves if they're thinking, well, he'll get healthy, and once he gets healthy, then we'll be able to see where we're at. And, and in all of that time, now you're talking about, like, let's say it's the rest of the season because that's what I've sure been expecting since, since all of this. Now that's two years of DeMar. That if you're not going to trade him at the trade deadline, it's two years on a three-year deal. And I, I, I don't know what you think you'd be getting in the last year of that when we now know that your parts kind of don't fit. There, it's a collection of really talented players and, and guys that have interesting skill sets, but together they don't really fit. And because they don't really fit, I don't know how you can project out that you have a winning team with or without Lonzo Ball. So don't you need to try and, and make a little bit of change when it when it comes to what your roster looks like, you've made a choice with Zach. Like you've made that choice that he, that he's your guy. Can you can you burn it down around him and try to build it back up, or did you make a mistake making him the guy? Like there's Dan, there's so many levels to what's been going on and what's wrong with the Bulls that it's hard to know where to even start. Yeah, it's, well, the, the off season was really frustrating. Because there was consensus for anybody who knows how to watch a basketball game, what the Bulls needed to solidify what they started to be last year. And we know what they were. They, they, were, a, they were an exciting team that was good enough to lose in a playoff series to a much better team. Mm-hmm. And they, if they really wanted to compete and maybe win a playoff series maybe win 46 games and win a playoff series, they needed three-point shooting and they needed rim protection. And they needed Patrick Williams to his development to accelerate. They did not get three-point shooting. They did not get rim protection. And Patrick Williams continues to tread water. Those were the three things that had to happen in the offseason. And none of them happened. So I'm not sure what our expectations should have been. Forget the, what you pay Zach, and because you know what you get from him, regardless of, of what you get, you get you get twenty five points a game on on sometimes high volume shooting, and when he's really concentrating hard, you can get a defensive effort from him. But he's still never going to be an instinctive basketball player. It just and 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 it's 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 bothering me more and more that given every opportunity, the front office is unavailable and unaccountable. Yes. And when I look at, at this thing, and I'm I'm trying to like squint and kind of t- turn sideways, turn my head sideways, and figure out what is the the ceiling, I I keep going. Am I missing something? Like that's why I'm asking you these questions, Dan, because 
I've, I've been going through it and going through it and going through it, and I'm sitting there going, what am I missing? What is it that they're seeing that I'm not? Like, even with Billy Donovan. Like, I, I've i made my feelings on this pretty clear, and if you're new to the show or you're just listening today, welcome. We appreciate you. I think that Billy Donovan is is probably a little bit better than replacement-level head coach. I think that he is able to see and say what the problems of the Bulls are, but I have no proof that he is able to fix them or reverse some of the problems. And I'm just sitting there going, what am I missing? What what are they seeing that gives them the confidence to kind of go forward here? And it's it's not that I want the Bulls to trade for trade's sake. I want them to try and build a, a championship team. And I think that they, what you said earlier is spot on. Who they were after the halfway point of last season is who they've continued to be. Now, I, I understand that people could go, well, that, that is a direct result of Lonzo Ball. But it's also not, though. And, and this is one of the things that Billy has pointed out. Billy, while we were celebrating DeMar last year, when New Year's Eve rolled around and he gives you back-to-back game winners, Billy was not celebrating that. And he, he keeps saying, yeah, we need to be better than having to have DeMar bail us out time after time. And he was saying how DeMar bailing them out gave a false sense of security of who the Bulls were as a team. And all of those things are true, and yet none of them have been worked on. Like, all that stuff that Billy was saying about we need to be more complete, we can't rely on DeMar, those things still are true uh, a, a whole year later. But rely, if you have DeMar, you, you're forced to rely on him. That's part of it. There's no, there's no real way to get around that. When his game is he has the ball and does his stuff, and any number of possessions, a certain number of possessions are just going to be that. That that's the deal that you make when he is on your roster. And but up, that's a but that's a bad deal though, right? It can, yeah, it, well, it's a deal that comes with inherent limitations, and other teams have figured that out. But you, but but the Bulls as an organization haven't mitigated those limitations. So what do you do? Like they haven't surrounded Demar with three point shooters because of what his offensive game does to draw defenses to him and offer opportunities for him to move the ball around the perimeter and get a three point shot. So so what team are you building? Like what? And we haven't even talked about Vooch and what Vooch looks like on this team and how he's very specific about the things that he needs as an offensive player. Oh, it was a and cry it, for help after, after yes! that 43 and 13, and he, with every microphone he could find, he was, his whole point was see, 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 see what I can do when, I'm, when I can be where I'm supposed to be, and the ball's not stopping, and we're sharing, and we're paying attention to each other. See? He was, yeah. he was trying to tell you what's going on. He he's sitting there, t- t- basically like, I-, I can still be an all star level player, but things need to work. And then it's just everything. Like there isn't anything that I 
feel good about when it comes to the Bulls. And you said treading water on Patrick Williams, and you're right. It's it's every other night. It's a, it, every third night when you get a performance from Patrick Williams and you're like, yeah, like there, there it is, there that guy is. And then the next game, six points, four rebounds, four points, two rebounds. It, it's 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 so – it, it's it so is, maddening it, to watch. It isn't. There, there's more to that, though. I, I, I want to get. Let's take a break. I want to come back to that. It isn't just in the numbers themselves. It's it, he's still a very young man. But you, there's an there's an aspect, and it was my my, my co-host on organizations win championships actually pointed What's his this name? out. His name is uh, Jason Bernstein, and, and it it it, be, it was hard enough for me to give him credit for making a really good point that I kind of wished I, I, I had thought of myself. But it has to do with with him understanding his game a little bit better and maybe not having the opportunity to do so in large part because of a funky roster construction. We'll get to that next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. <laughs> that would be your classic stereotypical French music. I guess a couple of days ago, Mitch came into the office. He's like, hey, we want to put some bumps together. What, what would be some, some good music for the broadcast if we're going to do stuff? For, and, I, and I mentioned that there's all kinds of things. There's a, the, the wonderful band Phoenix. They're from Paris, I believe. And, and it's a, sort of a you know, modern, what you call it, power pop kind of stuff that they do. You hear it on XRT all the time, our sister station. And there's, there are, I think they used, I, mean, I don't want to give it away, but I, I, I heard kind of a sizzle reel for, for what they're going to do for some of the bumper music. It's going to be very, very creative. But this, this is like from, this is from Ratatouille, where they, where they use this. But it just makes you want bread. We should reach back out to Patton. Didn't he say that that we could call him anytime after we had him on the show? And you talked about Ratatouille? Yeah, he did great on Celebrity Jeopardy, too. Oh, speaking I'm of which. I'm not surprised by okay, that at all. Did you see what happened on Celebrity Jeopardy? Our, our, our dear friend Candace Parker had a bad moment. <sighs> Yeah, I forgot the one that she got wrong, but I was the, like, "Come on, Candace. The pride of this city. I, we'll we'll bring. I, I I don't want to give it away, but it was bad. Ray, find it. It was. It and, was bad. And, and I, I forgot. Why, and, but I remember well, it being bad. It because it, it, it's Patton, our guy Patton Oswalt. It's Candace Parker, Chicago's finest, and I I don't know who the other person was. The original CP3. Get but, it right. But the the whoever was on the right. Got it wrong, and then Candace buzzed in and also got it wrong. And I was, I was. Oh, that's right! I remember what it was now. Uh huh. I remember what it was. It was, it was a, it was a movie line, and I had that's a movie line that has recently yep. been awakened, especially yes. in Chicago yes. circles over the last yes. two years. Yes, and then, and then Patton Oswalt just kind of laid out like, why, why didn't he jump in and grab it? It's right there. He had all the money, and I don't know. Maybe he wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I, I would. Maybe he was so shook by how wrong the answers were. Yeah, it was it was too bad. So so wait, before you go back to talking about the Bulls, talk about talk, let's let's talk about let's talk about Paris. Since since you love Paris, go ahead and make your commercial for people going to Paris. A commercial? I, I don't know. Everybody thinks of their own things and and it's it's whatever it means to you. 
I've had uh, some of my favorite moments have been doing absolutely nothing and just watching people and, and watching things. There was one place we stayed in the 6th when my wife and I went, a fabulous little boutique hotel, and we had a, 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 a room that was raised up above the zinc roofs of Paris. If you actually can see down on the roofs of buildings and watching all the people going about their, their lives in this dense old city and the pigeons on the roofs and just life and just watching activity and 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 that's a, an image that stays with me. One of my favorite times of day, and it always is on vacation, where when my wife and I travel, we're very active and we like to do things during the day and we get up and we and we get out and we, we go, we usually morning activity, a quick lunch, and then we'll go to another museum and, and, and see things and walk around all afternoon. Then it's usually we go for a, a workout. Either the hotel's going to have a workout room or somewhere nearby, we find a gym. And then it's the, that intervening time between showering and getting dressed and going out to dinner. It's my favorite vacation 90 minutes. Why? She takes a little longer than I do, and usually that's my time to crack open a, a bottle of whatever and sit and look and watch. Whether it's out, looking out the window or going down to the bar in the hotel and getting a seat by myself that's just facing the street. Or and I always and, and depending on where you are, you they always say like the literal when in Rome, you you, you drink what people are drinking there, and I, I will try whatever is pouring. And someone, if somebody was drinking, you know, Pernod, and there's this whole little thing with the water and the ice, and you dip into the thing, and and I I'll just get what I see people getting, and I'll step out of my comfort zone. In 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 Rome, I've never had Campari before, but there's all these handsome, expensive men with giant watches. Campari, 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 and I didn't even know what it was, but I. Said, Campari, and I and I loved it, and it was just kind of a thing. <laughs> it's just it's just what you do, and, and and that time, and then she'll come down, and we'll have our, our dinner reservation. Get getting excited about going out to dinner, and it's like, all right, you're ready, let's go. But in Paris, it was just seeing people. But you know why? Because everybody's everybody looks awesome in Paris. Even mm-hmm. even people without a lot of money dress well. People have a, even just a couple of nice outfits. And this is coming from me. Like, Bernstein, why do you care? Because, I mean, when, when I was there, I made an effort, too. I didn't wear sweatpants. That was my rule in Europe. I'm not going to look like an, an American idiot walking around in my, in my, my sweatpants and, and gym shoes. And I didn't. And it was, it was nice to sort of feel that way and to see how, how people care about that. And just the, the, the sights and, and the smell, the Paris smell of... The, the 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 crepe stand and just the I don't know the air is different there it just is. Let me read you a couple of quotes from uh, Darnell Mayberry's piece. It's really good about Malcolm Hill and his journey. A twenty six year old's got a two way contract with the Bulls. He's on the trip because the Bulls did a great job of kind of inviting everyone who's on the roster as a two way contract over there, and they could bring someone that that they uh, would like to bring with them, and so. Darnell writes, Hill 26 said he grew as a player and a person from his time overseas. Quote, as a person, you kind of have to adjust to their culture, and you're on such a major time difference for 10 months. 
you're kind of on your own for real. I mean, you can only play so many video games. It was kind of different for me when I first left college, but it allowed me to grow in a lot of ways, just trying different stuff, doing different hobbies and activities, which I still do to this day, which helps me out a lot as a person. And then specifically, um, he started talking about the, the basketball being very different and what he likes about Paris. He said, one thing I'm excited to do is I'm excited to get some of that cologne that's out there. <laughs> they they say they've got some of the best cologne over ever over there. That's what I'm excited about. But he he spent a lot of time in France, in Paris, because his his German team would play there. And it's just another example of these guys like really appreciating it. And he said at the end of the piece, then coming back over here, just appreciating all the resources that we have. Because they, they don't have, they don't, how can I put this, they don't have as many resources over there as the NBA. This is top of the top. So just the little things like people rebounding for me, I appreciate. It's, re- it's a really good piece. It's worth your time. Darnell has done some, some excellent work over there for the athletic in setting the scene of what it's like for, for the Bulls to be over there. And it's just a cool thing. And we will have the game for you starting at 145 this afternoon. I love this text from the 708. Nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. You know, Dan, some people spend their entire vacations doing what you described as your favorite vacation moment. It's called relaxing. Yes. Stop working out on vacation, you loon. Now, I disagree with no, that. No, I need I need to work out. I would feel worse if I didn't. Especially Well, the, especially how you're eating. Oh my god. The way I'm I'm eating absolutely everything all, all the time. I I I wave all my rules on vacation about carbs during the day and big breakfasts and all of that. It's all out the window on vacation. So I would be miserable and gross if I didn't work out, and I'm bad at relaxing. Yeah, I'm. Me I'm. Too. I'm just. I'm not good at it. I'm. I. I talked to my therapist about it because some people can just kind of eh, and sit at a beach and be fine and and really unwind and let things go. And I get antsy and I. 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 I, I need to do a the, the crossword puzzle or have things going on multi channeled in my head. I try to stay off my phone. The number of times I pick up my phone and put it down. And pick up my phone and say, put your phone down, idiot. Turn it over. Put it down. Set I, it down. Make make. I don't know. You know. I I would I would characterize the crossword puzzle stuff as relaxing. Yeah, different kind. That's on a different channel. That's a completely different mental channel. Reading helps me, and and that's why I love reading David Sedaris on vacation. I always I always associate David Sedaris books with going on vacation because reading him just makes me happy and and makes me feel better because I I just adore his writing and his and his fabulous crazy family. But my 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 relaxation technique of I mean it's been even on this trip like I will day drink like that is I can't do that kind kind of and I mean like crazy stuff but there's a breakfast place that's not far from uh, Odyssey Phoenix that's really great and I've gone to it three times because the menu's so good I was like I want to try that mm-hmm. the next time that I come here but it's a full bar too. So, you know, you try you try a drink, a different type of drink. Yesterday, though, it's it's 60 and sunny here. So, it's not like, you know, it's not like 75 and but my the place I'm staying is pretty high up and it has a deck and I sat out there yesterday for like 15 minutes like just absorbing the sun because I've needed it so desperately over the last few weeks. 
and you're right. Like those times when you can let go, it it's an amazing feeling. But I struggle like you struggle. Like the I think we talked about this like when we first partnered up, where the concept of beach vacation does nothing for either one of us. No, I, I did okay in Mexico. I think I did all right. I actually had a margarita when we were out oh. on the out on the boat heading back from snorkeling. Just because I, Jason had one, and I said, let me try it, and it was so good. I'm like, all right, I, this, I, I've got to have one. And they're just squeezing the limes there, and it was this really good tequila they were using. I'm just like, all right, fine. You, you, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I just, but generally, I don't like getting a buzz on in the middle of the day or in the hot sun. It's, it's, just, it's just not fun for me. No, I mean, I'm not getting a buzz. I'm just like allowing myself to be like, oh, you know, the show's over. They this place has I don't ordinarily drink mimosas like it's not really my thing, but they have a lavender one mm-hmm. and I was like you know what I am going to try that yeah you and my wife would, would really you guys would would travel well together because that's her thing too it's sort of exotic drinks in the in you know eleven in the morning or whenever in the middle of the day and just say, oh, that looks good. I'll have one of those, a Paloma or... Yes. Like, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, th- this yep. place has a, has a Paloma mimosa. Yep, yep. And yep. I'm like, all right, let, fire it up. Like, let, let's, let's see what you got. Uh, so it's good. I'm planning on going over there after the show today, and, and I, they have a, a pancake meal that I didn't try, and I'll go back and... I'll tip my waitress. Let me make my this. Is, this is the the Patrick Williams point that damn it. I, I was back make to the here. polls. No, I because ha- I want to. I want to square the circle on that. And this was something that was was brought up on on the OWC pod. He's got to understand what being open means for him. And players, especially in this offense where there are sometimes defined roles, and you are on the floor with Vooch and Demar and Zach, and there's so much deference that. He, he will shoot. Williams will shoot when he's wide open. And usually there's a beat. Usually it's, it's rotate, rotate, and there he is. And the number of times I just want him to put that thing on the floor and have hell come to breakfast, whoever meets him at the rim, and get fouled. A 90% free throw shooter and a 40% three-point shooter. And it doesn't all have to be, can I now? Is this okay? He has to understand what open is. He doesn't need a lot of space. He, he elevates on his jumper. His jumper is baby soft sometimes on the rim, and he can wait a little bit. He rises up so high and his release is high enough that his defender is going to be on the way back down and he can still feather that thing over him. I just want him, and maybe it's it's when practicing against air, it's different that he's got to understand mm-hmm. in games, that's a good shot for you, and you're going to get fouled sometimes. And I, I wish I had brought this up instead of my, my, my jerk of a partner, but it was... The, Wait a I, minute. I thought it was a good point well made by him. Jerk the, jerk of a partner on your podcast, yes. sir. Well, I got one here, too. Let's talk about this one. How about that one? <laughs> <laughs> different one. I got to be more specific. Which one are you talking about? That's right. But, but, I, but I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. That, that he's you, you want him. It isn't just about aggressiveness. It isn't just about attack, attack all the time. But sometimes it's just, this is a good shot for me. This guy can't really guard me. I've got a step on him. I'm longer. And my release is such that I'm going to get a good look at the rim here. And I, just, I, I want him to be more aware of that and more confident in it all the time. Make a big I'm with you on that. 
This this texture is like Lawrence. You got to go out to the Breakfast Club out out in Glendale. Do you know how far Glendale is? Like for real, for real. Do you know how far Glendale is from downtown Phoenix? Like I took a picture it's and like I was forty minutes, right? Yeah, it's at least forty minutes. Yeah. At least. I took a picture and I sent it to a friend of mine, and I and I said, "You see that mountain range in the back, like way in the back? That's where the White Sox facility is." Mm-hmm. That's how far away I am from the White Sox facility. Glendale, get, are you out of your mind? Like, you, you must be. You must be crazy. If that's, if, are you serious that I would actively go to Glendale? By the way, downtown Phoenix has had quite the renaissance over the last decade. Because a decade ago, Dan. It'd be a little scary to show up at Odyssey Phoenix, and now it's like really nice and artsy and stuff over here. As long as Aren't it's all great, it's, it's got to also be fartsy, or I'm not going. Oh, it's definitely fartsy. Good because because artsy's fartsy. fine, but it's got to be both. And somewhere that guy is wandering around who stole Terry's coffee. Place, not the, not that talent level. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no question about it. Let's Too ride. Hot, Let's eh? ride. That's a, just an all-timer. Uh, looking forward uh, to... We, we, yeah. uh, we want to talk with Stacey King, but when we come back, do you want to do High Noon? But I, I, We don't have to necessarily do it as High Noon, but I do want to talk about what the White Sox are doing for Liam Hendricks. Cool, yeah. We can, we can, we can just do that uh, and not necessarily have to call it High Noon as we wait for Stacey to give us a ring. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Midday's 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Dylan Cease had a Zoom and he was he was talking about his art and his pitching and all sorts of other stuff. He also had words when he was asked about the, the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis that Liam Hendricks has, this is what he said about it. It was definitely pretty devastating to hear, you know, not even from a baseball standpoint. I mean, he, he obviously is a, a huge part of what we have going on. And, you know, on baseball side, it is, it's a, it's a big loss, but to us, he's a friend and almost like family first. So it's pretty devastating to hear, but it, it sounds like, it sounds like it should be something that he'll, he'll be able to overcome. And, and uh, obviously it's, it's much more important than baseball. So, you know, we're, we're all we're all with him. And, um, you know, it's just it's just one of those things that's it's tragic when you hear about it, you know. So the White Sox, they've launched a Web page. And so write this down if you're a White Sox fan, because they are encouraging uh, fans to show their support to Liam Hendricks. White dot com slash team Liam. Now, this is what the White Sox said in their release about this. This is for fans to show their support for all-star closer Liam Hendricks during his fight against non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Personalized messages, including video submissions, artwork, and more, supporting the Hendricks' fight to, quote, close out cancer, close quote, are welcome. So, if you want to send Liam a get well video, or if you've got a piece of artwork that you wanted to share or you just wanted to write a note and tell him that you were thinking positively and hope hopeful for his recovery. Whitesocks.com team Liam. And I, I would imagine that Liam like offered this up to the White Sox, right? Like yeah, is, they is there this an, without is there a charitable component to this other than just supporting him? 
Let's see. I am My guess would be that all of this energy, knowing them and knowing their how how empathetic and 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 hardworking they are for others. I'm I'm just I know that there's probably something else as part of this. I mean, on the page, there really isn't anything okay. that says you know that they're doing fundraising. Um, but it does allow for you to upload created work, and it tells you the the file size is a max of a five a millibytes for documents, ten for images, twenty for video. So the video should not exceed two minutes. And like, like don't don't give Liam your dissertation. Um, just just say we hope you feel better or something else, or try to say something funny but not crass, that sort of thing. But it doesn't look like there's a financial component okay. to donate on the page that it really is set up just for fans to kind of let Liam know how they feel about him and hoping that he gets better. I think that's what all anybody hopes at this point. It's uh, it's obviously too bad for the, this for the White Sox, but I think Dylan sees saying that it's more important than baseball. You can't really think of it at all from a baseball perspective. And I know the the White Sox aren't, and his teammates are going to be there to pick him up. But it's you know I was just thinking about it too. It isn't it isn't just him on the stat sheet. It's missing his his presence, missing his personality in that bullpen, and knowing that he's on the back end of it. With the managers always talk about building that bullpen from each game, from the back to the front, and now that's all changed. So you, you it, it the, the the timing of this was was interesting for the Sox to say the least. Yeah, it it sucks, and and it's it's it it really sucks for for Liam. Obviously, it's just I don't know. Like it's I'm glad that they did it. Like I was kind of I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because it makes me feel like it's a way for you know how fans are. Like they are trying to figure out a way to be supportive and the only way that they're probably going to be able to do it is the next time they see Liam pitching a game for the White Sox and this at least gives them an opportunity to I like the idea of like art like that that's a an interesting way to go about this like send him some art send him something beautiful for him to look at as he's trying to recover and the great news is is that this this has a really high cure rate so the the hope is that the numbers are going to be with Liam. They are. Uh, as they, the, 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 the statistics are clearly with an, an otherwise healthy 33-year-old professional athlete. Yeah, yes. but, but I, I mean, it's important to know that those numbers are, are big, but also, you know, like it's everybody's body chemistry is different and how you react to, to all sorts of stuff. I, I just want to make sure that we aren't um, – hope peddling i i think that the that there is truth in the in the science and the science says that the the statistics are the chances of his recovery are are dramatically good compared to other types of cancer uh but, but it's just i'm glad that the white Sox did this, this is a very cool thing in, a, in a, an interesting way to allow him to connect with them there is a leave it to the text cynic here from the seven seven three. Sorry, but I think that part of the Sox request is to grow their email base. Well wishers could easily have posted on the Twitter reply, but it signs you up for Sox and MLB emails. 
Well, you can decline. Yeah, those. I think you're allowed, but if it does automatically opt you in, I I certainly hope that it isn't some sort of you know, cynical outreach or that they're they're glomming on to try to grow their database. That would be that would be unfortunate. Yeah, it would, but I, and I don't think that that's what this is. I don't either. It, it, that may just be something that automatically generates. So, so there are some things that as if- as as cynical and as angry as I've been at the White Sox, I don't think that this is them using Liam's diagnosis as a way to generate an email list. Uh, the latest that we're hearing is uh, we're going to try to find another window for Stacy King to join us from Paris when he gets He's the enjoying all of the croissants he, and the wine. And next up, Matt Bowen has football to talk with us on the score.